broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN, 106.1 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rigo, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504 260 1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access Sports Talk here on Nash Icon 1061 FM. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app is available for you anywhere in the world to listen in via iHeart. Anytime, anywhere, doesn't matter where you are. Of course, in addition to that, our podcast is available following the show. All you need to do is go to CrescentCitySports.com and click on podcast to be able to listen back to the show. You can email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show. It's 504-260-1061 to join in. Later on in the show, we'll talk about LSU and Tulane football. We'll also be joined by Jay Cicero, the executive director of the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation. They have a big event coming up and also to update us on Super Bowl plans for New Orleans. It's not that far away. We start off by talking about the New Orleans Saints, and it's a pleasure to welcome to the show the newest member of the WGNO sports team, doing an excellent job with vast experience in Baton Rouge. Great to have Jared Joseph with us. Jared, good evening. Welcome. Hello. How you doing? Doing fine. And first and foremost, a belated welcome to town. I'm sure it's been a whirlwind tour for you thus far, right? It has been stepping right into the fire right when football season kicks off. But I haven't burned, so I'm I'm grateful to be here. And it's a great time, great experience, and I'm loving every moment of it. For the sake of those listeners, just to talk about uh, where you've been. You've been in Baton Rouge. I mean, I know you interned at WAFB with my friends there, uh, with uh, Steve Schneider and Jacques Doucette. And then you, you spent time in Baton Rouge, of course, after that, working on a regular basis at WVLA and and then summoned here, and just talk a little bit about that experience. Oh, well, I mean, Steve Schneider is one of the best. It was a great experience being able to learn from him as my mentor whenever I was in, in grad school, and, and almost for two years I spoke with him and learned from him, tried to do as much as I could just to get the groundwork down and to be as ready as I could for the business, and, and I think if anybody can, they should really go to him. He prepares you as much as possible, and then Shout out to BR Proud and Baton Rouge, WBLA slash WGNB. They really took a chance on a kid coming out of college. And, you know, you don't always get that getting to a top 100 market. But I was able to go there, cover 
LSU, some Saints as well, uh, and Southern University high school football. Uh, probably a bit of a smaller scale compared to everything that you get to do out here in New Orleans. But it was a great experience over there and seeing, you know, Southern do- dominating the SWAC West and fighting into the Bayou Classic year in and year out, seeing LSU go on the national championship run during my first year. Those are some of the experiences I was able to, to walk into and, and really embrace it to help mold me quickly into becoming a, a better journalist and, and seeing some of the highs and the lows of what teams can go through. So uh, both the internship and being able to be professional in my, in my initial years, it's really been a fun time working in, in Baton Rouge, and I'm happy that the transition to New Orleans was right there for me. Surely had to be special. Covering LSU and seeing that success after graduating from LSU. I mean, that's a pretty special experience. It definitely is, and that's when you have to remember we got to be objective here. So <laughs> I'm making sure I look at my scripts, and I'm not saying anything that will lean one way or another. But I can guarantee you after the, the cameras are off, after the, the stories are done, there was definitely some personal celebrations for what seeing your alma mater be able to do. Football championship, then a women's basketball, then a baseball. There's just no way you can't be happy seeing all those things happen from a place you attended and, and got two degrees from. So it was very fun. Now, of course, here with another uh, experienced pro and a legend in Ed Daniels, and I know he speaks very highly of you. So uh, you're in good hands there as well. Uh, and, and I believe so. I mean, I'm only finishing up my second week of probably doing the third. I've lost track, but. I'm really grateful to Ed for the opportunity he's given me and being able to step in. I mean, anchoring day two, telling stories throughout the week, covering Saints games and talking to the players, just about everything that you would want and should want in the next steps of your career. I I think he's a great person in in the pipeline of what I've been able to experience, and and I'm grateful that he gave me the opportunity, and I try my best every day to to take full advantage of it and to contribute as much as I can just because – there's a lot of work to be done, and I want to make sure that I do my part and uh, we can just have a good smile at the end of the day because we've, we've done a good job. New Orleans Saints open up with a 16-15 win over Tennessee and obviously wasn't a beauty pageant. It was a thing where you know they, they won the game. That's what matters. They did what they had to do to win the game. Defense kept the Titans out of the end zone. They overcame fumbling the opening kickoff and a couple of turnovers of their own but had three turnovers, which they came up with as well. Overall, I mean, this was, I think the right word would be acceptable. Would you agree with that? I would. I think everything you have to take with week one of the NFL, you got to take it with a grain of salt. There were definitely a couple of chances that the Saints got lucky on that the Titans didn't capitalize, and then vice versa. that The Titans got lucky the Saints couldn't hit them a couple of plays. And no, it wasn't a beauty pageant. It was mud wrestling, and the Saints definitely were able to come out on top. But... I think that's what you would want is a lot of lessons to learn in a tough week one win instead of having anything else of the sort. You want to be able to learn from your team because essentially at this point in the NFL, week one is preseason game four because that's shrunken down so much and there's a lot more of joint practices and there's emphasis in the joint practices than there are in the preseason games for the starters and, and so forth and being able to go out in week one and having a new quarterback and see how he meshes well with your second-year wide receivers, both Rashid Shahid and with Chris Olave and even the veteran Michael Thomas and seeing how he can get all that orchestrated. All this without your arguably best offensive weapon, Alvin Kamara, it really shows the potential this offense can still have despite not capitalizing as much as they should have. But yeah. they definitely got to work on making sure they keep him upright because that was my major concern. 
No doubt. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because covering the game, look, I thought, you know, I've been on a couple of other shows today. I thought Derek Carr played well. He didn't play great. He played well. And other than the one throw, which he, he called stupid after the game, I thought he did a really good job. In particular, when you go back and watch it again, which I did, he was under duress most of the afternoon. I mean, he really dealt with a lot of pressure. I thought he remained poised, calm, stepped up, kept his eyes fixed downfield, found receivers, and even extended plays by rolling to his right. So on balance, I thought this was a, a solid, if not good, first effort by Carr. Well, I think... Honestly, you, you could lean more towards the great performance given the circumstances, a lack of a consistent protection in the offensive line, no running game to be found averaging less than three yards a carry and still finding a way to c- complete passes. You get the only touchdown of the game, but you still get a touchdown going to your second-year wideout. And everybody knows at this point in the game you have to pass the ball because there's no run game going. And still, he had, what, 69 right there at about 70% as far as completion percentage. He did everything he could, and that came out on time. That was enough for them to be able to get the win. And obviously you don't want that to have to, have to happen again. You just paid Cesar Ruiz a good bid. You know, Trevor Penny, there was a, a, a big investment on him from a, an NFL draft stock standpoint. And so you, you want all these pieces to mess you well. You want them to be of benefit to the quarterback, not of a hindrance. We don't need Derek Carr winning in spite of. We need him winning because of. And so the offensive line is definitely the major concern. But I think given all the circumstances, he did about as well as you would expect any quarterback to do with no run game and no consistent protection. And they did all they could to win from the offensive standpoint. And you just got to execute and make the plays when they're available. And I mean, a couple of drop passes here or there, but they did all that they could. And I think for Derek Carr, you know, he, he got an introduction to Louisiana sports. Sometimes when, when you watch the Saints or even LSU or, or anything of the like, you might have uh, some Ashman on the side because <laughs> your heart's going to start pounding. But I think definitely there's, um, there's some good signs to be able to see from what Derek Carr on the offense showed on Sunday. Visiting with Jerry Jozo of WGNO, 69 yards rushing, 2.6 average. The, uh, the, the flip side of that, the good news is that I don't know that the Saints will see a better rush defense all year. The Titans were elite last year in that category, and they certainly looked the part again yesterday. I mean, if there's any one element of the performance by the Saints that, that must improve, it has to be offensive line play. Pass protection just wasn't good. Trevor Penning had a rough day. Uh, he's basically a rookie, though. I mean, there is that considering the fact that he hardly played last year. And then, of course, other than that, blocking the run too. But once again, that's all about the fact that, you know, this is a team that uh, it was facing a good defensive front and it was the first game of the year. So uh, you're right. You don't want to measure it uh, too greatly based upon the fact that this was basically an extension of the preseason because, again, many of these guys hardly played at all in the preseason. Right. And, and you hit another most important thing is Trevor Penning has next to no NFL experience because he barely played last year. And, and he comes out against one of the best front sevens of the entire NFL and does not perform well. I don't think that needs him. needs to be cause for him to be burned to the stake or to be ostracized. It's just a realization. He still needs time to grow and to develop. And you're not going to always have a first-round draft pick or an offensive lineman come in and just dominate immediately. That doesn't happen every single day. But... I think as long as he's given the grace and he continues to improve as he is required and should, I think that offensive line will, will get better as the year goes on. And, I mean, that, that's what they're going to need. And the running game, 
they went up against a tough, a tough defense. And, of course, Dennis Allen keeps reminding the masses who may have forgotten that a couple years ago this was a Titans team that was the number one seed in the AFC. And you have to remember the dominance that they showed, and it took Joe Burrow going in there getting sacked nine times and still coming out with a win to beat them. And sometimes you need Herculean efforts in an in a ugly win, and that's more or less what you say you got out of Derek Carr. And, and despite all of the the chaos that was around him, he still found a way to, to put the team in a position to win. And you need the running backs to do better because even if Alvin Kamara is in there, I do not believe you're going to still get more rushing yards than what you got on Sunday. You, all you're going to do is split up the numbers a little bit more. But nonetheless, if if Jamal Williams can't run through that defense that well, I'm not going to give Alvin Kamara that much of a, a tip of the hat either. No disrespect, but I mean, Jamal Williams just had 17 rushing touchdowns last year. So we got to have some realization on both sides. Ryan Tannehill, of course, a 28.8 quarterback rating, lowest of his career. Picked him off three times. He missed a couple of opportunities, but that happens in games. The Saints secondary as a whole looked really good. They did, they did, and he, Ryan Tannehill missed opportunities. Some of the wide receivers, particularly Traylon Burks, got picked on for dropping some passes, but when you have the defense on all cylinders and being able to create those turnovers in multiple instances and in key moments down in the red zone, deep in, in Titans in their own territory, I, I think the defensive backfield really showed that it's a step ahead of what it was last year, Marshawn kind of leaning towards saying he had his arguably best game of his career with the Saints. And, of course, you know, Marcus May's healthy. Tyron Matthew missed time during the preseason last year, but he was able to progress a little bit more in the scheme. So I think everything is going to mesh in a better way for them. Of course, Alante Taylor, he, he had a couple of moments he did really well, and you also have Paulson and Debo. So I think everybody's going to really continue to click more and the defensive backfield arguably was the best, if not the second best part of what the Saints defense did on Sunday. Yeah, with Lattimore on the sideline, Yadam makes a good play and, and May intercepts in, in, in the red zone. That was a big play as well. So secondary was, was good overall. Then there's the story of Blake Groupie, of course, and the contrast with Will Lutz. Will Lutz was a good kicker, and he's a proven commodity in the league. He did not have a good year last year, but he had done really good work for the Saints, and they made a difficult decision to keep an unproven rookie over Lutz. And at least for one week, that looks like a good decision, Groupie kicked all touchbacks and made his extra point and nailed all three field goals, including a 52-yarder. And, of course, Will Lutz missed an extra point and missed a field goal, and Denver lost by one. So, at least for one week, it certainly looks like the move was justified. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sure he won't say it out loud. But there, there may be a bit of a I told you so swag with Dennis Allen regarding that decision. But, nonetheless, you can't ask for anything more of a kid. I mean, he, he is a kid by age and by body frame. I mean, I, I'm bigger than Blake Group. You know, disrespect, young man, but you're 5'7". And, and so you see he stands out for the wrong ways in the NFL, but he did his job, as you said. You know, the kick, the touchbacks on kickoffs, there weren't any return yards that of any significance, of course, and he made all his field goals in the most pressurized of situations. He misses one field goal, the Saints lose that game, and he made sure that he did his job to perfection, and none of the kicks were in doubt. You knew that they were going to go through the second they left his foot, and I think that's the biggest takeaway is knowing that he stepped in week one, day one, knowing the, the situation and the circumstance, and he more or less carried the team on his back for majority of the game until the Saints got that touchdown. Of course, the downside was Peyton Turner. I mean, this is a number one draft pick in three seasons. He's only played in 14 games and 
We don't know how many games he's going to play in this year now based upon the reports uh, about a toe injury and surgery, uh, perhaps beckoning. And, you know, this is, again, we don't know what this guy is or what he could be. And as Sean Payton would often say, the best, you know, the best ability is availability. And when you're not available, it, it just doesn't help a team. And this is a number one draft pick. Of course, another number one draft pick who they doubled down on, Andrews Pete, is a backup now. And Marcus Davenport, another former number one pick, is gone now for many of the same reasons that we see with Turner. So that's got to be the downside at this particular point. Yes, and you hinted at what I, you already said what I was going to lean towards is that Peyton Turner is giving us some Marcus Davenport flashbacks. You, you, we can't see what you really are if you're not on the field. And with the Andres Pete thing, it, it, they did double down, but they didn't triple down. That's the, the only benefit there because at least if you're going to admit to a wrong admit to it at least a third time, if not the second time. And they have the offensive line in place that they believe is the best five on the field at any given time. And there was a time where he was a perennial pro bowler somehow, some way, but nonetheless he got that kind of a recognition. Now you, you've replaced him, and the offensive line probably won't get any better if he's on the field, no, no disrespect. But conversely, Peyton Turner, turf toe, possible surgery, it, it just it, it decreases his value at that point. You don't know what your return on investment is going to be with this number one ticket because he's barely going to play. And so there's nothing more I can really add that you haven't already said. Just in regards to the situation is what it is. I just Pete isn't playing because he hasn't been able to show he's consistent or, or good enough to be able to maintain, and of course, pass protection. And I believe he was actually the one pass blocking back when Drew Brees had gotten that hand injury against the Rams. And he continues to have his own slip-ups, and Peyton Turner just is not able to stay healthy. And sometimes some people's bodies may be built for the NFL, but not for the NFL grind. And we may be seeing that with Peyton Turner right now. Defensively, any at least initial concerns about aging can be put to bed with the way DeMario Davis and Cam Jordan played. Uh, DeMario, of course, 10 tackles in the game, one for loss. Cam had five tackles, and he also was in – on a sack and had two assists and defended two passes. So these two stalwarts, leaders of this team, looked really good yesterday. That's an encouraging sign. Right, and I think the biggest thing when you talk about guys who are getting up there in age is how do they take care of themselves. And everybody knows DeMario Davis takes care of his body second to none. He is a workhorse in, in the weight room. He, he is very particular and peculiar with how he eats his food. And you already see it on the field. You, you see him walking in general, in pads or out of pads. You know that that's an NFL player when you look at him. And he still performs and plays and such. And both of these players, I said, were telling the investment earlier, but their ROIs are very high. And Cam Jordan doesn't look anything out of shape compared to how he was last year, year before that, year before that. He's, they're both showing signs of consistency despite the age. And with the additions in the defensive line, you could – you know, spell Cam a couple of times when you know it's not going to be a passing down. But, of course, Cam is also good in their run game as well. He, they're just both able to maintain themselves with their performances despite their continuous aging. And that's just how it goes. You fight against all the time, all the time. But Demario Davis and Cameron Jordan are two people who I have next to no concerns about entering the season and, of course, after starting the season. As I wrote at CrescentCitySports.com this morning, uh, one of the most interesting aspects of where the Saints are right now is they have now won five consecutive season openers. That's a franchise record. But there's a flip side to that. 
they've lost the second game of the year in all four previous seasons. So they've backed up that opening day win with four straight losses, and they're hoping to avoid that trend continuing when they go to Charlotte to play the Panthers next Monday night. Ironically, it's the Panthers that have beaten them once in week two and once in week three in recent years in Carolina. So this is, again, a division game, which is important. It's on the road and in a place where they've lost the last two. So obviously that's the focus now, and it's early in the season, but everyone basically projected the Saints to win this division. And the question would be who would be the team that would challenge on the most? Atlanta looked pretty good yesterday, and Tampa Bay shocked Minnesota. Your thoughts about Carolina and about this division? Well, I'll start with the division as a whole. I don't think anybody should be considerably shocked with what happened with Minnesota. I think they're kind of in a priming position to maybe get some moves in the future years because you let go of somebody like Dalvin Cook. It doesn't spell well for me want to win immediately. I know the running back market has shrunk as far as how much you're willing to pay these particular players. But Dalvin Cook is still Dalvin Cook, and now you let him go become a one-two punch in New York with Brees Hall. That doesn't say anything about wanting to win immediately. And, of course, the Vikings still have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. And regardless, Mike Evans is still Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. And so no matter what has happened, he's had nine straight consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. And... Yes, Baker Mayfield, perhaps there will be some kindling left and Baker will wake up feeling dangerous a couple of times and people will still have to fear uh, a splash performance here or there. Um, but the Panthers were picked, you know, to be one of those teams that, that could possibly challenge them. the Falcons. Also, you know, they're up there too. But Bryce Young is a rookie. And I think that might be the biggest thing that will play in the Saints' favor. Bryce Young, great prospect coming out. No no need to talk about his body frame either. We already know that particular concern. But the biggest thing is he's a rookie. And he went up against a, a great team with, you know, with a great defense and a great running back already with Bajon Robinson. Most running backs who are great in college don't translate immediately to the NFL as is. But whenever you go up against that kind of a front, the Panthers have playmakers at every single level on defense. And that's the biggest thing that the Saints will have to look out for because despite the loss to Atlanta, the Panthers still sacked Desmond Ritter four times. So you, you may have deja vu unless you are on your P's and Q's in pass protection. And they also ran the ball uh, effectively against Atlanta. And those are the concerning things you have to look out for. But I think the Saints should be in prime position to finally go 2-0 for the first time in a hot minute. You just have to make sure that you keep a rookie quarterback in a rookie quarterback's place and confuse him, throw him off, pressure him, and getting his throwing lanes, which should be a little easy considering he's 5-10. Yeah, I think the – the primary reason the Saints are the division favorite is because of the quarterback position. You just pointed it out with Ritter in Atlanta, second-year guy, with Young, a rookie in Carolina, and with Mayfield, the only veteran, but a guy that's had you know, mixed results for sure. Uh, Derek Carr obviously has been better than that and, and has the skins on the wall. So there's no doubt that's the case. And then, of course, there's the schedule for the Saints because you know Las Vegas had the Saints at nine-and-a-half wins prior to the season, but going into the season, the Saints, according to Las Vegas oddsmakers, were favored in 11 of the 17 games. And I think the schedule certainly plays in to the whole narrative about the Saints being the favorite in the division and finishing first and with a winning record. Right, and, and two of the key things are to remember, they play against the NFC South, which has all of those lesser talented quarterbacks in the division. They also play against the AFC South, and so you, you're going to do with rookies. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, third-year Trevor Lawrence, 
and you're going to have the ability to be able to take advantage of all the youth that is on the schedule. You're going to have a couple of challenges. I mean, I thought for a while the Giants would be a challenge until last night, and that kind of <laughs> just went by the wayside. Right. Um, the Patriots, I mean, it's New England. You're going to have probably a defensive slugfest, but I don't, I don't believe Mac Jones could outduel Derek Carr on his best day. And so I think it's favorable for them to get anywhere from 10 to 12 wins given their schedule. The Rams are the Rams right now. They're, they're a ghost of the Super Bowl's past. And maybe Green Bay may be your, your most immediate threat. And any divisional game, of course, will be different. I mean, that's a different game in and of itself. Peyton Manning, of course, you should say there's a regular season, postseason, and divisional games. So divisional games will always be different no matter how good or bad a team is. But I do believe the Saints should not be walking away any less than four and two at a minimum in the NFC South. And they have a chance to get the AFC South as well to get three to four additional wins in that tantrum as well. So, Yeah, I think that they have to win at least four in the division, uh, if not five, if they want to reach their, uh, their goals and their aspirations. And I certainly think that when you look at the schedule and the toughest teams on the schedule would appear to be Detroit and Jacksonville. That's no disrespect to those teams, but... You know, the best teams in the NFL that you would list, and maybe some would put Detroit in that mix early on. We'll see. Uh, the Saints aren't playing those teams. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much where you're at. There's no San Francisco. There's no Philadelphia. There's no Kansas City. I mean, I could, I could go on. There's no Buffalo. Uh, there's no Cincinnati, even though they got squashed yesterday. There, there are none of these teams on the schedule this year. So, as a result, I think that benefits them, too. Just a final thought, you know, with regard to, you know, Dennis Allen. He's, he's got to prove himself. Uh, to be a successful NFL coach. That hasn't happened yet. Everybody in the building wants him to be. They like him. That's why he got the job. Players all like him. He's a proven coordinator. He's got more of his players now. He's got his quarterback, and he's got more of his coaches now. Uh, he seems, and I know you weren't here last year, but you covered team a bit. He just seems to be a different guy and more comfortable this year. Definitely, and I think that that's natural. It comes to the territory. Your second year in, taking over the new role and getting back into that kind of a swing of things. And he probably had a little bit of a flashbacks and triggers given the fact that what happened the last time he was the head coach. But the main thing to harp upon is what Derek Carr continues to reiterate. He wants to be the quarterback he was not for Dennis Allen when they were both with the Raiders. And so Derek Carr is a veteran of many years now compared to his rookie season and having the opportunity to play again for Dennis Allen. It could be motivation enough for Derek Carr to make sure he elevates this team as much as he can. And, of course, we want to make sure that Vegas uh, regrets every single error they made in the process of not keeping him and going with Jimmy Garoppolo of all people. But, nonetheless, I think Dennis Allen has all the support that he needs to succeed. And he has a great defense, and that's the one thing Derek Carr also has never really had on a consistent basis is a supporting cast on the defensive front. And you have a consistently great defense he, he may not have had this many offensive weapons as well at his disposal. And so if this does fail, it, it would be a real shocker. But I think that Dennis Allen is in prime position to extend his head coach tenure here and to get some grace as well with that nation and to make sure that this team is back into playoff and Super Bowl championship contentions as well. Jared Joseph, WGNO, a pleasure visiting with you. Welcome to town. And we look forward to watching on a continual basis, and we'll have you back on in the very near future. Appreciate it, Jared. Yes, sir. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you soon. 
You got it. All right, we'll take a brief time out. It's 504-260-1061. We'll talk LSU and Tulane football later. When we return, Jay Cicero of the Great New Orleans Sports Foundation joins us as we continue with more of All Access for a Monday night here on Nash Icon, 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. If you want a little soul with your country, then you're with us. New Orleans country, from the classics to the songs that matter. Your country is on 1061 Nash Icon or anytime at NashFM1061.com. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-838-6161. That's 800-838-6161. 800-838-6161. Wendy's new breakfast two for $3 Biggie Bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best. Sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee. Or two savory sausage biscuits. Yeah, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two for $3 Biggie Bundles. Limited time only. U.S. price of participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. But not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. When you can't stop... There's Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub sends powerful medicated Vicks vapors right to the source of your... (coughs) So you can experience cough relief and breathe easier. Generations of families have trusted Vicks VapoRub to help relieve the worst cold symptoms. So next time you have a cough, reach for the Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub. Cough relieving is believing. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Ken Trahan inviting you to join me on Nash Icon 1061 FM Wednesday, September 20th from 6 to 7 p.m. at Signet Landing Restaurant, 450 Laracini Street in West Rigo, with former Shaw and Saints quarterback John Forcade. With great food and prizes, September 20th, Signet Landing Restaurant on Nash Icon 1061 FM. When you can't stop... <coughs> There's Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub sends powerful medicated Vicks Vapors right to the source of your... (coughs) So you can experience cough relief and breathe easier. Generations of families have trusted Vicks VapoRub to help relieve the worst cold symptoms. So next time you have a cough, reach for the Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub. Cough relieving is believing. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. 
With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Taco Bell's rolled chicken tacos are full of shredded, marinated, all-white meat chicken. Choose from three dipping sauces, spicy ranch, nacho cheese sauce, and house-made guacamole. Order on the Taco Bell app. Get one dip per two-pack, two dips per four-pack at participating Taco Bell stores for a limited time only, while supplies last. Good evening. We had the stalled tractor trailer in the right lane earlier on the Hale Boggs Bridge on 310 North as you're headed out this evening. Also, uh, getting reports of accidents still being cleared of the city at Airline Highway in Monroe and Morrison right there at the I-10 service road with Lamb Road. And just want to remind you, we've got crosswinds reported on the Causeway Bridge. So if you're in a high-profile vehicle such as an RV or a tractor trailer, you need to exercise a little bit more caution. I'm Art Badman Merring from the New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Calling all listeners, what's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Always a pleasure to talk about the work of the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation because the work that this particular organization does is simply fantastic. It, it is second to none in our community with the result being, of course, that we end up with a lot of very significant events and, of course, that includes Final Fours, Super Bowls, and so many others that we we'll, could get into. But there's a, an event coming up here in three days on the 14th at Caesar Superdome, and it's the annual Sports Foundation Honors Luncheon, which is honoring some really special people. There's still a few seats available. Joining us now to touch base on that and about the Sports Foundation as a whole is a good and great friend, the president and CEO of the Grand New Orleans Sports Foundation, Jay Cicero. Jay, always a pleasure. How are you? Ken, thank you very much for having me on tonight. I'm I'm doing great and looking forward to the uh, annual honors luncheon on the floor of the Superdome this Thursday. Great event, great venue. Still a few seats left. Tell everybody about who's being honored here. Well, we have a we have a few segments that are part of the show. We call it a show because it's a it's a really great luncheon that is uh, not only informative but entertaining. Uh, for the audience, and and first of all is our uh, our Hall of Fame honorees for the mm-hmm. Sports Foundation. We are honoring Doug Thornton, the uh, Senior Vice President for ASM Global, which which runs the Superdome, uh, Caesar Superdome, the Smoothie King Center, and Champion Square, plus numerous other venues across the country, and uh, Ron Maestri, the legendary baseball coach. At UNO, who became their athletic director, and even worked for the Sports Foundation for five years uh, back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And the third is Mike Malay, who was our original executive director of the Sports Foundation uh, back in 1988 to 1994, who hired me at the Sports Foundation in 1990. So that's the first segment is the Hall of Fame. The second segment is is uh, a a recognition of the Super Bowl coming back to New Orleans in 2025. And we have our chairman of the Super Bowl host committee, Marcus Brown, who's going to do a, uh, a speak to the crowd and talk about our, our progress made to date. And then the third segment is a panel discussion 
on women in sports. And it's led by uh, our executive committee member, uh, who is uh, uh, who's, who's been working with Swin Cash, Jen Hale, um, Dee Dee Bro, and Kiki Baker Barnes, uh, and uh, you know they they are uh, it's going to be it's going to be led uh, led by the Sports Foundation, and we're going to talk to them about the future of sports and women in sports uh, in in New Orleans and the Greater New Orleans area. So. Uh, we're really excited about that. Kim Boyle from our executive committee is going to lead that panel discussion. So it's going to be a great show, uh, and there's still some tickets available on, uh, uh, for this Thursday. show starts at noon. It's probably going to go to one fifteen, one thirty. but it's going to be wonderful. Well, that's, a, that's quite a cast of, of people. The women are all friends and really good at what they do. Of course, Ron Maestri is a very close personal friend, and Worked with him for many, many years, and and just outstanding on the floor of the Superdome. All right, so you still have a few tickets remaining, correct? We do, and uh, people can go to www.honorsluncheon.com and uh, purchase the last few tickets uh, available. But we have about 16 seats left as of this afternoon, and uh, you know we're hoping to, to have a complete hard sellout by Thursday, and I'm sure we will. Just outstanding. Meanwhile, you mentioned the Super Bowl, and I know it's not, it might not be on the radar of locals at this point, but uh, in terms of real time and what needs to happen, this is drawing pretty close when we're talking about 2025. Yeah, we're about 17, 18 months out uh, right now, and, uh, you know, it's a monumental task to prepare to host and to actually host a Super Bowl. And the preparations start with. A lot of fundraising. We have to raise $25 million overall in order to fulfill all the obligations and the bids to the NFL. Um, and that comes in, in several different forms. One is private corporation sponsorship, which Intergy and others have stepped up uh, to date uh, uh, to help. But we're still, we still have a long way to go there. And the second is from the state of Louisiana, uh, that the state's going to help us out financially and help us meet that goal. And the other is from the hospitality community, uh, which is some hotel room commissions and support from New Orleans and Company and New Orleans uh, Tourism Cultural Fund to help us make out the rest of the, make the rest of the $25 million. So it's a, it's, a, it's a large process. And then, you know, all the operational aspects and executing everything that we want to do in order to uh, make Take, take advantage of the opportunities that only a Super Bowl can bring to uh, New Orleans and the state of Louisiana. Well, obviously, it's, it's so important. And I, I don't know that people understand or realize here locally just how hard it is to land a Super Bowl anymore. Stadiums continue to be built everywhere. Millions upon billions of dollars are being invested by communities. Obviously, there are much larger cities with much bigger footprints in terms of finance. What about New Orleans and, and its ability to attract in the future, in particular in this market, but also in particular with a renovated Superdome? Well, you know, the, the renovation of the Superdome, which is uh, halfway finished and will be completed by, by Super Bowl in 2025, is a key aspect of, of us being able to uh, work with ASM Global, the New Orleans and Company, the convention center, the state of Louisiana, city of New Orleans, and all the tourism partners in order to bring these major events uh, to the city. And, you know, to remain competitive, you mentioned it. I mean, 
New Orleans is not the, the most uh, uh, competitive place as far as Fortune 500 companies. And, of course, the state of Louisiana struggles with that also. But we have uh, our competitive values that come along with uh, that come along with New Orleans that other cities don't have. Obviously, it's a lot less expensive to do business than the state of Louisiana versus some of the other cities. You've got transportation uh, costs are lower here because you can walk uh, everywhere. But, you know, the Sports Foundation being around year-round, no matter what, uh, lowers the actual costs of these events by millions of dollars. So what other cities have to do is they have to go recreate the wheel. They have to start an organization. They have to they have to hire staff. They have to have plans. They have to do have to have an office, computers, telephones. You know all those administrative expenses that go into hosting a Super Bowl. That's five years lead up for other other cities that and they have to start from scratch. With the Sports Foundation being here year round. We already have all that. We already have an office. We already have the main staff. We hire a few staff for, for Super Bowl, but the uh, the difference uh, in that helps us save a lot of money. So the resourcefulness of having the Sports Foundation and the, and the fact that it's in the state of Louisiana uh, and that we have partnerships around town that allow us to be uh, more resourceful and, and, and save funds helps us remain competitive uh, with other states and other cities around the country. Well, I mean, clearly, it is the dome being renovated is a big part of that because facilities everywhere are so important now. And, you know, Gail Benson spoke at our Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club luncheon, uh, as you know, about a few weeks ago. And the biggest takeaway from that was they surveyed the fans and they were overwhelmingly supportive of, you know, what is now Caesars Superdome remaining the home of the Saints. So dismiss the whole thought of a new stadium. Just continue to make the stadium you have uh, up to par, modern, good, receptive, and easy accessible, and, and that's kind of what's being done, isn't it? That's absolutely what it is. Uh, you know, there's over $450 million in renovation that's going to be completed before before the Super Bowl, and, and the Saints, you know, are in for $150 million of that, and the state of Louisiana are in for to support it, and uh, of course, for the self-generated revenue from the Superdome is going to support the rest of it, hotel, motel, tax, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a big puzzle uh, to be able to keep that facility competitive with other facilities around the, around the country. And you, you said it, Ken. You know, other cities are dying to have Super Bowls, and they're building new stadiums and investing billions into them. Uh, so you've seen it. Recently, with Los Angeles uh, having a Super Bowl and a $5 billion stadium, you've got Las Vegas, which has it uh, this coming February, and their $2 billion stadium. Um, you've got new stadiums that are being that are being built now in Nashville. Uh, I know there's one being contemplated in Chicago. I don't know when, when or if that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, when, when these new stadiums come along, there's a natural... Uh, a tendency for the NFL and the NFL owners to vote to bring a Super Bowl there. And we know that and have lost Super Bowls because of that, uh, specifically in the past. And uh, we've, uh, we're well aware of that of being around. But, you know, New Orleans is still the best city to host. And we intend to prove that come 2025. Last but not least, Final Fours. Obviously, we've had several, men's and women's. Anything on the horizon there in terms of a bid? Well, we are working with the NCAA on hopefully we'll, what, what we'll be invited to bid on, an, on another Final Four coming up uh, 
in the next you know ten years or so, they bid out a lot further than than most of the other events. So we're working closely with them as we as we do with uh, the NFL for all of the events that they have. Uh, we do with um, uh, WWE and the NBA, and we're constantly in communication with them about events. Uh, and they're major events that are available for bid and trying to fit them into our busy uh, tourism calendar uh, here in New Orleans. So that's, that's one of the challenges that cities like ours have is that, you know, you may have, have a, uh, an event like the NBA All-Star Game up for bid, but we have to dodge, you know, Mardi Gras uh, and other, other events that may already be booked in the cities for many years to come. There's a lot of conventions and and other events that book out for 10, 15 years down the road. And we have to avoid all that because the hotel rooms and the convention center and, and facilities are already already contracted for these these uh, these conventions and events. So, you know, we have to we have to make sure that we're targeting the right year and the right time and making it all happen. And that's the value of the Sports Foundation being around, pushing and working with partners to make sure that we are able to remain competitive uh, in these events for many years to come. Go to GNOsports.com. That's the website. Support so many things. We appreciate the support of the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club with the Players of the Week and the year-end honors as well. We have our next meeting at the Cannery coming up a week from tomorrow, Tuesday the 19th, with, with David Griffin of the Pelicans speaking, along with Kevin Falk, the legend of LSU, and Bryce Brown of Carr and Graham Jarrett of DeLaSalle and J.J. McCleskey, the former Saint, now at Tulane. So that's on Tuesday the 19th at the Cannery in New Orleans. And I always appreciate your support. And we hope that the event goes great this week, my friend. And uh, hope you sell it out with those few remaining seats. And hope to see you next week at the Cannery as well. Well, I thank you, Ken. We love the quarterback club luncheons. They're a lot of, they're a lot of fun to attend, see a lot of great people. But, you know, next this Thursday we're hoping that people will come to see the uh, – uh, our big show, a lot of video, a lot of uh, excitement uh, that we're going to have uh, associated with the event and some special guests that I think people will want to see. First class, Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation. Jay Cicero, thank you. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Ken. All right, buddy. We'll take a brief time out here back to talk some LSU and Tulane football when we continue with all access for a Monday night here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and NashFM1061.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Get the one and done you want for your dog's monthly protection. New NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews protect against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms, all with one delicious beef-flavored soft chew. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Diarrhea, vomiting, lethargy, and itching may be seen. Ask your vet about new NextGuard Plus chews. 
Wendy's new breakfast two-for-three-dollar biggie bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best. Sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee. Or two savory sausage biscuits. Uh, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two-for-three-dollar biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. price of participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price. Football is back with NFL Kickoff, presented by YouTube TV. Watch live Thursday, September 7th on NBC as the Lions take on the Chiefs in the first game of the season. Then get ready for a weekend full of unbelievable moments. You can't make this stuff up. NFL Kickoff, presented by YouTube TV, the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. The story begins September 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Go to NFL.com slash kickoff for more. Brought to you by My Plan from Verizon, the plan for fans. Ken Trahan inviting you to join me on Nash Icon 1061 FM Wednesday, September 20th from 6 to 7 p.m. at Signet Landing Restaurant, 450 Laracini Street in West Rigo, with former Shaw and Saints quarterback John Forcade. With great food and prizes, September 20th, Signet Landing Restaurant on Nash Icon 1061 FM. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Taco Bell's rolled chicken tacos are full of shredded, marinated, all-white meat chicken. Choose from three dipping sauces, spicy ranch, nacho cheese sauce, and house-made guacamole. Order on the Taco Bell app. Get one dip per two-pack, two dips per four-pack at participating Taco Bell stores for a limited time only, while supplies last. Good evening. We had the stalled tractor trailer in the right lane earlier on the Hale Boggs Bridge on 310 North as you're headed out this evening. Also, uh, getting reports of accidents still being cleared of the city at Airline Highway in Monroe and Morrison right there at the I-10 service road with Lamb Road. And just want to remind you, we've got crosswinds reported on the Causeway Bridge. So if you're in a high-profile vehicle such as an RV or a tractor trailer, you need to exercise a little bit more caution. I'm Art Batman Merring from the New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Well, the disappointment lingers from the two-lane loss to Ole Miss. Obviously, you know, 37-20, the score was closer than that to be certain. At the same time, when you looked at the game and you saw what happened, Tulane had a 17-7 lead, still led at halftime 17-10, but... The offense sputtered in the second half and just couldn't get much of anything going. Kai Horton played well for a half and really didn't play well in the second half, and his final numbers indicated that. But, of course, Ole Miss had something to do with it with its SEC-level athletes. Horton finished just 15 of 37. That's 40% completions. 231 yards with a touchdown and an interception. Lost a fumble, which resulted in a touchdown as well. Makai Hughes, look, he's clearly emerged as the, the best running back on this team. Runs low, runs hard, runs well behind his pads. He had 23 carries, 92 yards, and a score. Second straight week, he was the most impressive back. Arnold Barnes, the true freshman, got a couple of carries. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of him moving down the road. You know, it was pretty interesting that it's not an indicator of winning or losing, but it should have been. Tulane held Ole Miss to just 89 yards rushing and only one of 13 third-down conversions, and they sacked Jackson Dart four times. Those are winning numbers. And they did it without Corey Platt Jr., their leading tackler from week one. But it wasn't a win because the offense just sputtered in the second half and couldn't get anything done, and the defense had to play too much in the second half when it mattered. But here's the reality of the situation. We don't know Michael Pratt's status and when he's going to play. 
Tulane plays at Southern Miss this weekend. It's against a team that beat the Wave last year. There's a revenge motive in place against a former Tulane coach. 3 p.m. game. On the other hand, you've got to think about it this way. The following week is Nichols, an FCS opponent. And with all due respect, the game Tulane should win easily. With that in mind, the temptation is there on both ends. Michael Pratt's a competitor, tough as nails, and he wants to play. But if you're Willie Fritz, and it's ultimately your decision, do you sit Pratt this week knowing that you got Nichols the following week and you can rest him then and get him ready for UAB after that? There's always that thought process. Only Willie Fritz, the medical staff, and Michael Pratt know how badly he's hurt. So it's truly up to them. But Fritz will make the final call. And that will be the most interesting thing to watch. So if that's the case, the question lingers, can Tulane beat Southern Miss with Kai Horton or even Justin Ibiana? Coaches can answer that question. I think the answer is yes. Won't be easy. But Tulane is right at, you know, a 10-point favorite or so in this game. On the road, 11 points to be exact. So with that in mind, there is the thought process that they can get it done regardless of who quarterback. So there's that thought. But anybody that's thinking that, you know, the sky is falling after last weekend, think again. Tulane's exactly where it was expected to be. Favored over South Alabama and won, underdog to Ole Miss, and it lost. Now comes a litmus test. Can they take care of business when they're supposed to and get revenge against Southern Miss, then beat Nichols and be 3-1 and one going into UAB, which is where everyone expected Tulane to be? I think they can. Therefore, the sky's not falling, and the possibility of a double-digit win season remains strong for the Green Wave. 504-260-1061, back to talk LSU in a moment as we continue on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Happy 62nd birthday, Granddad. Thanks, sweetheart. I got you this. A mug. Oh, thank you. Uh, what does it say? Beware. If you are 60 or older, you may be at increased risk of hospitalization from RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, compared to adults younger than 60. Not all dangers come with warning labels. Talk to your pharmacist or doctor about getting vaccinated against RSV today. Learn more at bewareofrsv.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Get the one and done you want for your dog's monthly protection. New NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews protect against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms, all with one delicious beef-flavored soft chew. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Diarrhea, vomiting, lethargy, and itching may be seen. Ask your vet about new NextGuard Plus chews. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. 
Select Quote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 743 8080. That's 1 800 743 8080. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 743 8080. That's 1 800 743 8080. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 743 8080. That's 1 800 743 8080. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 743 8080. That's 1 800 743 8080. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue. Open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504 305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. LSU ventures into SEC play this coming Saturday, and it's a brunch special, 11 a.m. against Mississippi State. Tigers, well, they got improvement against Grambling. There's that. You could not have liked what you saw in the first quarter. Grambling just went up and down the field at breakneck pace, allowed the Tigers 10 points in the first quarter, 163 yards, two long drives to score. LSU had a 14-10 lead. Then the defense settled in, settled down, and shut out Grambling the rest of the way. As for the offense, it was everything you wanted it to be. Jaden Daniels was superb, 18 of 24, 269 yards, five touchdowns, five carries, 29 yards, and Aaron Nussmeyer solid. And his performance, even Ricky Collins, got in for a few snaps and completed two pass attempts. Of course, uh, very encouraging was the presence of Logan Diggs. He's a welcome sight, a clear boost to the run game. Diggs is what you want. He's got the size, he's got the speed and power, that the other backs lack overall. He can catch the ball to the backfield. John Emery can do those things too. He set the return this week, and those two remain clearly their best options. But the future certainly looks like Caleb Jackson is going to be a big part of. He too has the size and has the speed, and he looks like the next guy in the rotation, at least from my position, looking at this running back room. And that's not a slight to Josh Williams, Noah Kane, Trey Bradford, or even Trey Holly. I just think that 
Those three guys, Diggs, Emery, and Jackson, have the physical ability to do all the things you want to have done. Zion Alexander was good in the secondary in this game, and they need that because this is, of course, still the biggest area of concern. A true freshman, Ashton Stamps, could get more time uh, moving forward because he's got the ability, and they need to help in that secondary. Then Harold Perkins, of course, again, where's he at? Two games, six tackles, two passes, defense, no sacks. He's got to be a difference maker. Mason Smith, he returned. He was in on one tackle. His presence helps in the rotation, but he has to be more of a force, too. Mississippi State beat Arizona in overtime 31-24. Obviously not that impressive in that regard. Will Rogers is back. Jaquavius Marks runs the ball well. Sean Preston Jr. was a standout on defense for State. Wildcats gashed Mississippi State for 431 yards. Bottom line, LSU should score on State. LSU should win, but any road trip is never easy, and we'll find out just how improved this Tiger team is. Our thanks to Jay Cicero for joining us. Also, thanks to Jared Joseph for spending time with us. Jude Young has all-access sports talk tomorrow night at 7. I'll be back on Wednesday night at 7. Until then.